So I'm talking about something today that I am very passionate about. I have an obsession, especially since the fast, with the body of Christ. I'm talking about it all the time, thinking about it all the time. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ and the family of God. Two very intimate pictures. A body being, you know, this is your body, so these are the parts of your body. Very intimate relationship you have with your fingers and toes, right? And the family, you know, some of us have not had very close-knit families or very supportive families, but, you know, we know what the ideal of a family looks like in our, in our minds. We have a dream of what family could be. And that's one of the things God calls the church, the family, the body. Um, and, and Scripture pictures the body as one body with many members. And membership is not you take the membership class and get your certificate. It's not a country club. It's not a fraternity. It actually means to uh, be a member of the body. Like your finger is a member of your hand. Um, everyone is a member, a part of the body of Christ. That's why we say, let's remember Christ. We're remembering the body. We're coming together and joining together in this intimate thing called the church. Now, a lot of times we don't think of it that way. We think about it as something that we kind of go to on a Sunday. But the body of Christ is, is a much deeper concept than we know. And it's something that is beyond my control as your pastor uh, to make this body be formed and, and built up as, as it should be. It's something that God himself is doing. And so when I preach this message, I'm preaching in faith that God is doing this already and will continue to do it. God will build this body together just as he sees fit so that it can be a unique expression of who Jesus is, Jesus of the Bible, that guy, doing the works of Jesus in Saratoga Springs in a way that is relevant to the people that we live among. And God can do that because God, God knows. God is smarter than everybody. He knows how to reach these people. A friend of mine, a, a mentor kind of guy, that I have at the pastor's prayer breakfast, older pastor, he's really funny because he's been, you know, like people that have been around and they know a lot. He just says like one word things and this is just the way it is. Boom, boom, boom. But everything he says is pretty good. So I really enjoy him. And he said, you know, Nathan, no one has ever pastored a church in 2019 before. Like, you're a pioneer. <laughs> and like, I know. But it's true. No one, has ever, no one has ever formed the body of Christ in 2019 yet. In other words, nothing has happened yet in the future, right? Obviously. We are... We are what we are for the time that God has determined us to live, and God has determined the times and places that all of us live for a purpose, and God has brought you all here for a purpose, I believe. Every one of you, every one of you, no matter where you're at in your journey of faith, that God has called you to become part of this body of Christ for a reason. And I think it's an evangelistic reason, because God, God who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, three gods in one, the Trinity, Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. And uh, in case we didn't get that point, he told a bunch of stories about how this looks. And they're stories that don't make any sense to us because they seem almost reckless, like that worship song we sang, Reckless Love of God. But it says, Jesus is the good shepherd. He will leave the 99 safe sheep that he has doing well to go find the one that's lost. That's what he does. So the 99 sheep are like, yeah, we're doing good, reading our Bibles, we're doing Mission 119 with John Soper, going to church, everything's going good. Hey, where'd the shepherd go? <laughs> you sheep, take, take care of each other, you know? 
maybe a couple sheepdogs can come out and take care of this group. But Jesus is off trying to find the one that's missing. That's what he does. Talks about a, a woman losing a coin in their, her house in Luke 15. She sweeps and looks all day for this coin until she finds it. When she finds it, she rejoices. This whole, this, it's evangelistic. It's always for, and what that means is a loaded word for reaching out to the community of people that are lost, that don't know Jesus Christ. That's what God is doing. He, he said to the, the church folks of his day, you know, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. Not you guys. <laughs> you know? Like, he's out there. Jesus' presence is manifested in our service, in our worship, in our, in our hearing from the body, uh, in, in preaching, hopefully, when someone else preaches. But Jesus is omnipresent. Jesus is God. He's everywhere. He's out there right now, seeking and saving what is lost. That's what he's doing. And I don't care how someone gets to a gathering like this, as long as they get here. Because this is a special thing. It's so strange to think. Jesus came, lived, and died so that we could do this. So we could gather as his body and be a healthy body of Christ for our community and for the world. To continue the work, the very works that Christ did. And Jesus says, um, you will do the same works I do. Indeed, when I go to the Father, you will do greater works than this. And what he meant was not that we could be, each be better than Jesus on our own, but with many of us forming one body of Christ, we can be many places at once, doing many different ministries at once, because we are many. Uh, so, the works of the kingdom, healing the sick, um, preaching repentance from sin, turning from sin, the things that, that destroy human flourishing, we, we're against those things, and we help people to, to find their way away from that. Um, healing the sick, you know, raising the dead, resurrection, recovery of sight to the blind, the prophet, priest, and king stuff that Jesus did, we are to do as the church. So however you got here, you're here, and I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with this church. I'm obsessed with the, the big C church, but I mean the worldwide church of Christ, where a bunch of these different gatherings are happening, many of them at this time right now. But being the shepherd of this body at New Life Fellowship, I'm obsessed with this church, and I love Everyone here, and I think everyone here is fantastic. And um, I, I can't wait to see how God is, I, I love to see how God is joining us together as he sees fit. But again, that's not something that I can do as your pastor. It's something that is discerned and understood by each individual seeking after the Lord. So as you seek the Lord, you ask him, what, part, what member am I of your body? Um, what part? Everyone's a part. That's the funny thing here. So if, some people don't think that. They think, I'm just an attendee. I really don't, I'm not really a part of the body in the way that like the elders or leaders or other people are. I'm just an attendee. But the Bible says we're all parts. We're all members. 1 Corinthians 12 is our text for today. I read it last week, my false start sermon. So this is about spiritual gifts and about the body of Christ. And it describes for us God's idea about this brand new, innovative, 2019, never before seen church. And this is relevant, this is completely relevant to us today. Paul says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, not followers of Christ, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, 
the same Spirit gives them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. So lots of stuff happening in a church body like this. But it's all God. And God is doing that through the body. Like when Tom gave the cup of coffee to the homeless dude, that was this body giving that guy a cup of coffee. Okay? Because Tom is a part of our body. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each one. Each one. Everyone. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. Everyone in the body has a gift that God's given them. It's there. And just because you say that you don't have a gift, that's not true. You have a gift. You're gifted. Don't you want to be in the gifted class? You're an AP church. You know? That's pretty cool. You should feel good about it. I mean, if the Bible makes you feel convicted, you should feel convicted. If the Bible makes you, gives you a pat on the back and says, you got something to offer, you should receive it. Look on yourself with sober judgment and say, look, what gift has God given me for the good of the body? Could be something really cool that you don't expect. Unity and diversity in the body. Great title. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. In every church, there's a tendency for the body to become lopsided, terribly lopsided, where pastors and leaders and ministry heads take on the body's functions that they probably shouldn't, and it becomes a weird codependent relationship where the church isn't being the church. And so the challenge to people like me is to sometimes step back as a servant, as a leader, and make space for others to come up. That's something I have to keep in mind. And a challenge to you is to find your place in the body. And if you, if you don't know what it is, to begin searching it out. And the elders are here to equip the body for works of service. So that's why we're supposed to be here. So if you need help finding your part, we need to talk with you. And God does. So even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not nigh, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in this body, every one of you, as he sees fit. Just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. All of this, notice, is the work of God, not the work of the pastor. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. 
On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. In the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. In the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is God's model. Jesus has modeled the least of these in the church. He lifts up. And then the people that seem greater than, he brings down so that there's no um, discrimination, no sense of one being more important than another. This is what God does. I like that. Now you, New Life Fellowship, you who are in this room today are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. The whole point of that is not to talk about marriage, which is where we hear that passage, but to talk about God has formed the body as he sees fit. He's put it together with all the gifts that are necessary. Every part is a part, every person, even if they don't know it or believe it. So when we function together in unity in this way and form the body of Christ, if it doesn't have love, even that is worth nothing. Even that amazing thing that only God can do. So love is primary. And love is the motivation we have for forming the body of Christ in our, in our community, in our church. So this is what really has my heart uh, on fire, my excitement. This church, with its many members, finding what part of the body they are and then being that part of the body. And each of us has been given this mandate, each of us individually, to yield our lives to God, to not say, I'll be a part of the body in these parameters, but to open ourselves completely, our schedule, our families, our lives, our personal business, to open it to God, to offer ourselves to him, and ask him what part we are to play in the body of Christ. And that work of coming together, of organizing the body, of the parts coming together just as they should, it's a management organizational feat that no man is capable of doing, but it's something that God can do. No man or woman, I should say because women make great managers. This is something that only God can do. But it's something that God's also put into us to do. It's a reflection of his glory when we organize and create order in an organization like this, a family like this. When God was doing the work of creation in the beginning, it says his spirit hovered over the waters and brought chaos into order. Our God is a God of order. And then... God has said to us, you do likewise. Take this chaos 
of a big group of people. Find out how you can become a part of ordering that chaos with me. Be fruitful, he says in Genesis 1. Increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God gave them every plant and animal on earth to cultivate them. Join me in an act of creation, an act of building this amazing thing called the church. And every part of the church, every part of this body, no matter how broken it might think it is, is fit for service in this body. And if for some reason you're not quite there where you feel like you're fit to serve in the body, you still, you still are. And we can help you until the time when you feel like you can truly emerge. We can honor each other, lift each other up, so that anyone that looks at this body cannot say, well, that church is great except for those people. No, those people are great with greater honor. Those people are treated with greater honor. God lifts up the low and brings down the high. That's what God does. And the church is for you. The church is for everybody. The church is for those who are still struggling with sin. To be a part of the body of Christ, it's not when you overcome. Present yourself to be the church now. God called the church in Corinthians a church when it was still dealing with horrible sins. Sins that we would be like, that ain't good. God said, you're the church. So you're struggling terribly with sin. You're still the church. Um, You're broken. You just feel like you're in a season of grief like we talked about. You can't even pull yourself up and you feel depressed and down. You're the church. You're feeling great and things are going awesome. You're the church. And God is going to make this thing something great in his time. I'm going to invite the worship team forward. We're going to go into just a time of seeking God for the last few minutes of our service. My greatest passion in all this is, yes, the Word of God, 1 Corinthians 12, that's the model. One body, many parts. The thing that excites me is that because there are no two identical snowflakes, no two identical sets of zebra stripes, not even two identical sets of twins. I mean, twins are not identical. Everything is diverse and different. So when the body is formed in a, in a time and a place, um, whatever is manifested there by God's Spirit will look different than anything that's been before it or will come after it because of the unique character of the people God's called together. Uh, no two things are alike. No two churches are the same. They all express part of the incomprehensible greatness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They all do the works that Jesus did, but they all do it differently. And God knows what he's doing. So, let's take time to present ourselves to God. Romans 12:1 just says, In view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, in worship, let's yield our whole lives to him. I encourage you. Tell God that you are ready to be a part of this body at New Life. You want to know your part. And begin a journey. You might not get it right now. You might not know your gift in your place. Begin a journey where you seek after the one who is forming the body because he knows what he's doing and he brought you here for a reason. And every part is indispensable. Listen to what God tells you. Experiment. Take a risk. Father God, we offer ourselves to you recognizing that though we've been in denial of it perhaps, that we are a part of your body. We want to see you do a new thing in our time which is a manifestation of the very old thing you did in Christ. Seek and save what is lost in a way that makes sense to this culture and this place. That people would see our unity in our body and praise God and know that you sent Jesus for them. 
We offer ourselves to you, God. I pray that you would speak to each person, each member. You guide us. And we'd be bold enough to step forward and declare, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be here. This is what I'm going to do. Even if we've never seen it before here. In Jesus' name.